If you've got a, a Bible with you, you might like to turn to the book of Genesis. And I'm reading from uh, chapter 50, at the end of the book of Genesis, and from verse 15. Genesis 50, and starting from verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When the message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them, and spoke kindly to them. During the uh, the summer season at uh, at Long Baptist Church, we've been uh, receiving postcards from heaven. Uh, some of us, uh, some of you, I know when you go on holiday, maybe send postcards uh, to people with uh, with pictures and stories about what you've been uh, getting up to and doing. And we've been uh, doing a similar thing with pictures and stories. Uh, from different biblical characters, we had a, a postcard from Job saying, I'm having a wonderful time here in the land of us. Business is booming, family are parting, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, last week we had a, a postcard from uh, our good friend Noah. This is the first cruise holiday I've been on. Weather's not great, sharing the ship with some interesting passengers. Well, uh, this morning we've uh, we've got another postcard. And uh, you've probably already guessed uh, who the postcard might be from. And it is indeed from Joseph. He says, This staycation wasn't my idea, but my brother's. But never in my wildest dreams, and I've had a few, did I think I would end up in Egypt. Your friend, Joseph. So this morning, uh, we're looking at the story of Joseph. And I realise to attempt to look at the whole of the story of, of Joseph in, in one morning is... Uh, is quite a task and we probably won't do it justice and we may indeed uh, return to the story of Joseph because it, it's a great story and uh, maybe we'll have a series later in the year on the story of Joseph. But we're going to attempt uh, to look at the story of uh, Joseph. But I want to begin by uh, talking about giraffes. I mean, why wouldn't you? I don't know if you've ever been, uh, have you ever been uh, present when a, a baby giraffe is born. But I, I read an account of somebody who was uh, there when a, a baby giraffe was born. And he was rather surprised because um, he was stood next to the zookeeper watching this. And he was worried about the, the giraffes are quite tall animals. And he was worried because the giraffe didn't sit down or lie down. Uh, but just dropped the little giraffe on, on the floor. And, and then, having let the giraffe drop on the floor, the mother went kicked the giraffe. And the, said, the person said, well, why, why is he doing that? And he said, well, the giraffe needs to get up quickly, otherwise uh, some of the predators may 
you know, may come and eat him. He can't kind of hang around in the wild. Uh, but no sooner had the little giraffe got up than the mother kicked it again and the giraffe ended up on the, on the floor. And the, the guy said to the zookeeper, well, why has he done that? He says, well, he needs to make sure, the mother needs to make sure that the giraffe remembers how to get up quickly. And, uh, and the process was repeated several times as the giraffe got up and down. Uh, why do I tell you that story? Well, maybe some of you here uh, know what it's feel like to uh, be kicked. Uh, maybe some of you know what it feels like to be kicked by those who maybe you wouldn't be expecting to kick you. And uh, maybe some of you here know what it feels like to be kicked when you're down. Uh, Joseph certainly knew what it felt like to be kicked. And uh, we're going to be looking at his story this morning. But I want to start off by thinking about Joseph, the favourite son. As we saw beautifully uh, illustrated with, uh, with Julie and the children. Joseph was indeed the favourite son. Joseph the favourite son. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. It's interesting actually, um, it says a richly ornamented robe. Uh, it doesn't mention that it was, uh, that it was really colourful and that's a kind of, uh, uh, more kind of a, a legend thing, Joseph and his technicolored dream coat. Uh, you know, belongs to the kind of the musical rather than the, the biblical story. Actually, uh, the, the most significant thing about the, the coat probably wasn't to do with the decoration. It was probably to do with the fact that it had uh, very long sleeves and it was very long uh, in, in length. And it was a coat that you couldn't really work in. So basically, when, when Joseph's dad gave uh, Joseph uh, this coat, he was basically saying, you don't have to work some. Uh, your brothers will do all the work. And uh, some of us know how that feels, don't we? So, he was the favourite son. He was the one uh, that, was, uh, that was loved more by his father than others. And again, some people may feel that they know what it's like uh, to feel that you're not loved as much as maybe one of your brothers or sisters or, or that you're not the favourite. And of course, uh, his brothers weren't very happy about this. And uh, they were jealous. Anybody here ever been jealous? Yeah, one, two, one or two. One or two of you have been jealous. Uh, you know, uh, jealousy is uh, is a day. We, we can be jealous of all. Jealousy is just as as prominent in a church as anywhere else. People can be jealous of other people in the church. Uh, have you ever have you ever thought how come God's blessing that person? so much? How come they're having such a, an easy time? How come they're not having to do all the work? How come all these things happen to me? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been jealous of other people? Uh, I, was at, I was at college with, uh, with uh, uh, a, a guy a similar age to me and uh, everything seemed to go right for him. Uh, you know, he, uh, his car broke down and, and somebody in, in the church would suddenly replace his car, not just pay for it to mend it. And it was like, you know, you, you kind of think, how come this guy, uh, well, what am I doing, what am I doing wrong that this guy, everything he does uh, seems to be blessed. And sometimes we feel like that in life. We look at other people. And of course, the reality is we don't always know the whole story. And uh, we'll see that in the life of Joseph. Um, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any, any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. You see, the danger of jealousy is that jealousy can easily lead to hatred. And uh, you can come, actually, to 
being not very nice to the person you had. I'm not actually sure whether Joseph did anything wrong. Um, it wasn't his fault that he was the favourite son. Uh, maybe, maybe he did kind of show the coat off. We don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure that he actually did uh, anything so terrible to, to get this hatred, other than the fact that his father uh, treated him more kindly than the rest of his brothers. But of course, Joseph, if we know one thing about Joseph, is that he was a dreamer. And uh, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And again, you know, I guess one of the lessons is this, is, is, is you know, sometimes we have dreams. It's, it's knowing when to share your dreams and, and when not to share your dreams, and who to share your dreams with, and maybe who not to share your dreams with. Uh, because sometimes people don't want to know about your fantastic dreams. And uh, your fantastic ideas. I'm sure all of us have been in a situation sometimes where maybe we've had a, we feel like we've had a word from God or an idea and we've shared it with people and it's fallen flat on its face and they've not, they've not really taken to it. And that may be because they might be thinking, well, how come God's always speaking to this person? You know, sometimes, you know, we, we, we want God to speak to people, but we want God to speak to me. We don't want God to speak to the person next to me and, and ignore me. And, and sometimes, you know, in, we, we, we can feel, you know, that God's blessing over people and not us, or God's blessing over churches. You know, sometimes a, a attending ministers' meeting uh, can be a difficult place for people when their church is struggling. You know, if somebody else is going on about how fantastic their church is doing, uh, maybe it's not what the other ministers want to hear if, if they're not doing so well. And we're not always pleased, are we? If we're honest, we're not always pleased when somebody else is being blessed. That's the truth of it, isn't it? Uh, we should be. We should be, but we're not always. And certainly Joseph's brothers were not at all pleased that Joseph was the blessed one. So Joseph was the favourite son. And we could say how silly it was of his dad to treat him that way and all sorts of, of other things. But he was the favourite son. And we know the story, uh, as we saw it, wonderfully uh, demonstrated, great drama. He goes out and his brothers uh, throw him into the pit and, and sell him into to slavery. And then go back and and, uh, and and tell his dad a pack of lies. You notice how, how one thing leads to the, the other? They're, they're jealous of his brother, which leads to them mistreating him, which leads to them throwing him in, in a pit and selling him into slavery, which leads to them lying to his father. You know, one thing, one little thing leads to another. And before you know it, you're in a whole load of trouble. And that's what sin very often does. It gets us. And it leads us into more sin and more sin and more sin. And once you do one thing wrong, it's easier to do something else and something else to cover up. The brothers wanted to cover up what they'd done wrong. And so often in the covering up, it leads us further down that road when we try to cover up things. So Joseph was the favourite son. That's the first thing about the story of Joseph. And then Joseph was the faithful servant. You can see where we're going here. Joseph, the favourite son. Joseph, the faithful servant. He sold into, into slavery. And uh, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favour in his eyes. Notice those words, the Lord was with Joseph. And not only was the Lord with Joseph, uh, but even Potiphar could see that God was with him. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Although uh, Joseph's dreams, fantastic dreams, had been shattered uh, when he was shlo- s- uh, sold into slavery, easier for you to say than me, um, God was still with him. And it's worth just, just pausing there for a moment and remembering that just because life hasn't turned out in the way that you wanted to or imagined or dreamt, it doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. It doesn't mean that God has left you. It doesn't mean that God is no longer with you. In fact, it is the witness, not only of the Bible, but of many Christians throughout the ages, that they've experienced God with them in the worst of circumstances. And this was certainly the story of Joseph. Uh, the Lord continued to be with Joseph, even though life wasn't going how Joseph had planned. Joseph was the faithful servant. Now, Joseph was not only a faithful servant, he was built, he was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Not what you expect to read in the Bible, is it? Quite blunt and to the point. And, uh, Joseph, responds by saying, my master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph is a faithful servant. He's faithful and loyal to his master, but he's also faithful and loyal to his God. Two reasons why Joseph doesn't uh, fall for the temptation in which he is put before him. And we know how the story goes. He left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. You know, we pray, don't we, in the Lord's Prayer. We prayed it this morning, lead us not into temptation. Uh, The best way to uh, um, avoid temptation is to do exactly what Joseph did. Run. Uh, Flee. Uh, Don't hang around when temptation is there. Get out of there. Get out of there. who was it who said, I can, I, I can resist anything uh, but temptation? I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that. I can resist anything but temptation. Well, well, Joseph gives us a model for resisting temptation. Don't go there. And if you find yourself there, just get out of the way. Don't start uh, negotiating. Don't start talking. Don't start thinking about it because that's what temptation does. It pulls us in. Uh, just flee. Temptation. So Joseph is faithful, a faithful servant. Um, but when his master heard the story, his wife told him, and it was, of course, just a story, it wasn't true, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And again, just because we are faithful to God doesn't mean that things are going to turn out right. So often, you know, you may hear people saying, oh, you know, God will bless you if you... And you'll even find it in the Bible. It's not just in, in hearsay. You'll find it in the Bible that it says, you know, God, if you're obedient to God, he'll bless you. And if you're disobedient, he'll curse you. You can find that in the Bible. But it isn't always true. I know you might think it's heretic, heretical to say so, uh, but it isn't always true. And the story of Joseph shows that because Joseph was faithful. He did the right thing, and yet he's still punished. How often do you think, oh God, you know, I've tried to serve you, I've tried to do the right thing. And whatever I do, uh, things just seem to 
to pile up against me and things seem to go wrong. That was certainly the story of Joseph and maybe it's your story this morning. Maybe you've tried faithfully to serve God and do the right thing and still things haven't turned out as you would have wished, as you would have planned. Joseph was the faithful servant and uh, he was faithful and God was faithful to him. God was faithful to him. And then we move on to Joseph, the forgotten slave. Joseph, the forgotten slave. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Do you notice in each of these situations that God doesn't abandon him? Are you here this morning and you feel like because of circumstances, God has abandoned you? Because circumstances make us feel like that, don't we? Because we imagine that God is going to bless us and God is going to make everything turn out right for us and God is going to protect us and keep us from harm. And uh, we kind of, sometimes we almost say that, don't we? Maybe not in so many words, but it can be implied, if not said, you know, that God will bless you, that God will protect you. I'll tell you the number of people that have been in my office and said, Richard, I don't understand you know, why God hasn't protected me in this situation, why God hasn't saved me from this situation. Uh, The list is endless. Because God doesn't promise to protect us from harm. But God does promise that he will be with us. And that was Joseph's story. Even when he was sold into slavery, we read that God was still with him. Even when he's wrongly accused of, uh, of uh, sleeping with uh, Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison, God was still with him. He was with him as a slave and he's with him in prison. And whatever prison you find yourself in this morning, God is still with you. God hasn't abandoned you. Charles Swindle's writes, in a world where faith is fading and integrity where the light of Joseph shines like a brilliant star in the nighttime sky, showing us that following God brings hope in the worst circumstances. The story of, of Joseph is, is a story of hope in dire circumstances. Joseph doesn't lose hope. And Joseph joined in prison by uh, two other people. Uh, two of the king's servants, and they said to him, we've had a dream, and there's no one to interpret it. And Joseph says, do not interpretations belong to God, please tell it to me. And again, I'm sure we're very familiar with the story, the, the, uh, you know, the baker and the, and the servant both tell uh, Joseph the story, and Joseph uh, has this gift of being able to not only receive dreams, uh, but interpret dreams. Dreams are a funny thing, aren't they? Uh, do you have dreams? I have some weird dreams, me. I have, I have weird dreams. And, and you do wake up in the morning and you think, what was that all about? What was that all about? You know, you dream. But so, and so sometimes God does speak to people in dreams. Sometimes they don't make any sense. Don't go home tonight and think, gosh, all those dreams that I've had, those weird dreams, don't try and work them all out. But sometimes God does speak to us through dreams. Sometimes they're just a, a kind of confused mess and, and perhaps a... Uh, a cycle of things that have been on our mind or happened to us in the course of life. But Joseph was given a gift of being able to interpret uh, dreams. And he interprets the two people's dreams. And we know that one was a, a good interpretation and wasn't, wasn't such a good interpretation. But the, but the interpretations came true. And, uh, 
And, that, and he says, remember me, mention me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this prison, he says. But the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. Joseph, he forgot him. And again, you know, Joseph has been faithful. Uh, he's done the right thing. Uh, he sended him, first of all, as a slave, then in prison. And even in prison, he's helping people interpreting the dreams. And he asks, you know, you'd think it's not too much to ask, is it, of somebody? You know, as you're getting out of prison, uh, please remember me. And maybe you're here this morning and you know what it feels like to be let down by people. Maybe you've been let down by people. You've, you've asked people to do something that didn't seem so great and they've not done it for you. And you're left with that feeling of a, abandonment, not just by God, but maybe by friends or family or people that you've helped and they haven't returned the favour. Joseph was the forgotten slave. He was left in that prison, uh, forgotten by everybody, forgotten by man, but remembered by God. And if you're here this morning and you feel that, God, that uh, people have forgotten you, maybe you feel that God has forgotten you, Hear from the story of Joseph that God doesn't forget his servants. That God doesn't forget us. And circumstances don't mean that God has forgotten us. Uh, Other people forgetting us doesn't mean that God has forgotten us. God remembers you. He created you. He knows your name. And he knows you this morning. And he remembers you. Joseph the forgotten slave. So we've had Joseph... Uh, the favourite son, Joseph, the faithful servant, Joseph, the forgotten slave. And then the final part of the story is Joseph, the forgiving saviour. Joseph, the forgiving saviour. And two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. And again, just just notice that when two full years have passed. Sometimes in the... And we're racing through this story this morning, but even when we're reading scripture, sometimes we don't actually... Uh, recognize the time that passes. Uh, we read that Joseph was 17 when the story began. Uh, later on it tells us that when he was in Pharaoh's house he was 30. Uh, if my maths is right, uh, that's about 13 years, is it? And, uh, you know, years passed in between different things. And when the cupbearer got out of prison, two years later, Two whole years later, Pharaoh has a dream. Imagine Joseph will have, will have felt completely forgotten, completely lost, that he was never going to be able to get out of there. He'd have probably given up on any hope of that cupbearer remembering his name, let alone the fact that he interpreted dreams. But two full years later, and Pharaoh has a dream, and again, uh, you know the story, no one can interpret the dream. And then the cupbearer has this moment when he suddenly remembers, oh, hang on a sec, I was in prison with somebody and he seemed to have the gift of interpreting dreams. Maybe he can help you. And Joseph, and the Pharaoh calls for Joseph and tells him, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. And of course, you know, he has this dream about seven uh, fatted calves and seven thin calves and, and all, all, all that kind of stuff. And Joseph responds by saying... I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. But God. 
And there's a sense in which you could sum the, the, the whole story of Joseph up in those two words, but God. You know, but God didn't forget Joseph. But God was still with Joseph. But God was going to continue to give Joseph the ability to interpret dreams. And maybe in your story, there is a but God. Maybe in your story, there is a but God. But God hasn't abandoned you. But God hasn't forgotten you. But God hasn't left you. But God has still got something for you to do. God has still got a plan for you. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made this known to you, you shall be in charge of my palace, and all people are to submit to you. Joseph's journey from prison to palace. And remember right back at the beginning of the story, the dream that Joseph had that he shared with his brothers that made him hate him even more. Well, Joseph was now living the dream. Joseph was living the dream. The dream was becoming a reality. But it had taken years. It didn't happen overnight. And sometimes part of our problem is we want things to happen overnight. We can't wait. Sometimes we try and force things to happen and make things to happen. And God was at work in the background of the story of Joseph, uh, working despite all the, the difficulties and bad things that happened to Joseph. He was still with Joseph, working. And God is in the background of our story and in our church's story, making things happen. And we see that in Joseph's journey from prison to palace. And of course, Joseph has his own family and, uh, and children. And uh, eventually... We see Joseph the forgiving saviour because the famine hits the land and his brothers uh, find their way down to Egypt and find themselves bowing down before this person that they don't realise is Joseph. And the dreams come true. And of course we know how the story goes and, uh, and eventually Joseph... Uh, reveals himself and says, I am Joseph, and the brothers are terrified because they imagine that Joseph will want revenge uh, for all the nasty things that they did to him. And of course, Joseph is able to forgive them. And in fact, Joseph goes on to say, do not be distressed, do not be angry with yourself for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. And later on, he actually says it was, it was God's, he almost suggests that it was God's idea. I'm not sure that I agree with that part of scripture. Are you shocked that I don't agree with something that's written in scripture? I think there's a danger sometimes, isn't there, in stories like this, that if we're not careful, we attribute some of the bad things and some of the evil things to God. And God doesn't do, he's not the author of evil. He's not the author of bad things. He didn't orchestrate the bad things that happened to Joseph. He didn't organise for the brothers to throw him into a pit and for him to be sold into slavery and thrown in. That wasn't God's plan. Uh, but God was at work despite the evil that was being doing to Joseph. And it's important that we recognise that because sometimes if we're not careful, we end up with God as being this kind of dual personality who one minute is, is doing evil uh, but it's for a good purpose so it's okay folks don't worry kind of stuff uh, that's not the story we want to tell about God it's not the story I want to tell about God uh, but God can work uh, through the bad things that happen to people and of course uh, 
Uh, eventually the brothers go back and bring the rest of the family and there's this fantastic reunion. And, uh, and then there's these fantastic words right at the end which we read at the beginning. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And of course that is the message of the story of Joseph. And there are people, uh, sadly we see it in our world all the time, who are intent on harm. There are those people. And it's terrible when these things happen, but God can and does bring good things out of those evil things that happen without him being the author of the evil things that happen. Paul says a similar thing in Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. It doesn't mean all things are good. It means that God can bring good out of all things, even evil things. And we see that all the time, don't we? We see very often the response to these terrible atrocities is it brings the best out of people as well as the worst. We see people doing wonderful, kind acts and and helping people and putting their own lives in risk, trying to help people. Uh, God can bring good out of the worst situations. Only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, and a victim into a victory. That's what he does with Joseph. That's what he does with Joseph's story. And that's what God can do with our story. Because God hasn't abandoned us. We might feel as forgotten as Joseph. We might not have been the favoured son or daughter. We might have been the faithful servant who was the forgotten slave. But hear this from this postcard from Joseph. Hear this message that God is still with you, that God hasn't abandoned you, and that although others may intend to harm you, God intends only good things for you.